Good day, everyone. Welcome back to the Powerhouse Perspective, empowering leaders for business breakthroughs. I'm Scott Medeiros, the president of Helmwise, and this is Chandler Rose, the CEO of the Rosewood Family of Companies. And if you've been following our podcast, we've been using a C metaphor to describe the, the nature of business, the fact that a individual leader is a business captain, that the ship is indeed the business, and the business is traveling in an unknown environment, which we call the sea state. So in the past couple of podcasts, we've covered such things as knowing yourself. As the captain, do you know who you are? Do you understand what your values are? Do you understand what the overall organization is trying to achieve? And the business itself, and understanding, again, its vision, and also understanding that where the captain is trying to deliver that business to. So today, we're going to continue that discussion, and we're going to talk more about understanding where you are and where you are going. So now as the captain on board this ship that you now have confidence is, is capable of taking you to a destination, the question is, is where do you chart it to? So today we'll talk about where are you and where are you going? So Chandler, how would you like to begin? Uh, certainly where you are. So we talked about orienting the, yourself to the boat. Or yes. Examining yourself. And then now it's time to really consider, as you know, from and, and much more expertise than I who spent some time on the water, you must locate yourself before you can figure out where you're going. So we use a, an analogy or metaphor of thinking when the airport or if you're at a mall and you walk up to that display and lays out the whole mall yes. or airport for you and they forget to put the X where you are. Uh, an extremely frustrating exercise, uh, but an astounding number of business leaders that we speak to and are around that will immediately start telling you where they're going with the business. And you start digging a little deeper and say, well, where is your business now? Absolutely right. Yeah, I've actually experienced that when you walk in and that little sticker they put on there says you are here isn't there. And you're like, I don't get it. <laughs> so you start wandering around. It. Well, for me, I walk to another location or another entrance and try to find one that does have the sticker. So you're right. Understanding where you're at. And I think where you're at is a combination of the captain and the business. We have talked about a concept here within the Rosewood family companies of seasonality and understanding where you and your business is in its season. Because if you can identify those particular parameters, now you have a better understanding of where you currently are versus where you think you are. But you cannot get that to that point unless you do a little bit of analysis of seasonality. In our seasonality model, we really see it as three pieces. You've got the seasonality of the captain, the person. You've got the seasonality of the company, the business. And then you also have the seasonality of where the business is going. So where the business overall is in its evolution. And that second piece and third piece may seem a bit confusing. So let me use an example. If indeed you are a, a member of a company, let's take myself. I'm the chief execution officer of the Rosewood Family Companies, as well as the president of Elmwise. So those are my roles, right? But also as a member of that company, what is my alignment or my understanding of the company overall? Am I new to the company? Have I been with a company since its evolution? So there is a seasonality of my time inside of the business. But then there's also seasonality of the business itself. Is the business that I'm running, is it in the startup mode? Is it in the growth mode? Is it in maturity or is it in decline? So there's a piece of me 
There's a piece of me in the company and a piece of the company in its overall evolution. Each one of those goes through a series of different seasons. And unless we understand where we are in each of those seasons, it can become very confusing of where we're starting from. Let's break down seasonality, I think, a little bit so people understand what we're talking about, because it's a concept that I learned from uh, Chief Kelvin Cochran, who was the former Atlanta fire chief, and I was listening to him speak once at an event, and we were just talking about why does it seem like you repeat yourself over and over in business, yeah. right? When you get your business up and going and you get your feet under you, it feels like you know good things happen. You get growth, you bring in new leaders, and all of a sudden you're back to the basics, back to reinforcing the values, talking about what we're offering our customers, re-entrenching culture, and it can be frustrating. And he was talking and he said, well, seasonality, think of it this way. Obviously have the seasonality of crops. So, okay. you know, you, you cultivate the land, which is the work to get it prepared before you even sow it. So you're out, you're working hard. And so you're trying to get that ground fertile, ready to accept the seed. You plant the seed and you tend those seeds throughout the growing season and then you get to harvest and then it starts over again. So, well, you know, I, I can see that. It makes sense. Then he put it into the relationship of, or into the context of relationships. And he said, well, think of your spouse. If you have a spouse, it's a long-term spouse. You first met them, you saw them, and you said, man, I would like to go out with that person. So you start figuring out, how can I get their attention? You start trying to cultivate, and then you ask them out, and you're like, yes, I'm, I'm going out, and that's great. And then, you know, that moves to dating more seriously. And then one day, you get to reap what you sowed, and you say, let's get married. And so we get married. And then you go home and you say, now we live together. Now we have to figure out how to how to live together and what we're going to do as a married couple and what we, we want to establish. And so that creates a whole new set of rules, relationship with your friends, your family. Lots of things change. So you start cultivating that marriage. You start sewing into it. You mm -hmm. start tending it and making sure it's going well. You kind of get through that first year or two, depending on how quickly you want kids. And then you go, man, we've got it going on. We've got it figured out. And then you decide to have kids. And so then all of a sudden, that relationship changes. The things you used to like to do, having date nights, going on trips, going to events. All of a sudden, there's another person coming in. So guess what? Time to redefine again that relationship. Right. And so that continues all the way to you see a lot of families. Uh, you know, kids go off to college, they empty nest, and the marriage falls apart. Well, what happened after all those years? They had to go all the way back to the beginning and figure out why did we start this relationship? What kind of relationship do we want? You have, you have to recommit to cultivating that new relationship as if it's the beginning. Right. So into that, work at it, and then you get to harvest, you know, some of the old 50-year-plus people you see at anniversaries and they're holding hands. And, and actually, I was in California a few months back. I need to ask Brad Formsma from I Like Giving. We were talking to a couple, and I believe they were 63 years into marriage. Yikes. And holding hands going to breakfast. Wow. That's and impressive. so we were, we were impressed with the fact that they had found that much rekindling of their excitement for each other after that many years. So in my mind, it immediately clicked. I thought, well, you, you start up a business. You're all excited. All the things that are there, you, you get your team. We have good chemistry. Like I said, we share values. We have a you know, an idea of what we're trying to do, our purpose and our why. And then we set out a goal, our BHAG, and we go go to work. And then what happens? You establish it. You have to hire more people. Right. right. Now that you've hired more people and you're up on your feet, 
you start growing bigger into bigger markets. Now you're you, your founders, now your leadership team have to add more employees and more management. And every time you add those layers, you must go back and reevaluate whether you are still in alignment with your values, alignment with your why, still on course for the current waypoint and the BHAG you're trying to establish. And so that seasonality struck a big tone with myself. And then you can speak a little bit, if you would, on how that dovetails directly into another uh, kind of process we go through when we look at a business's white caps, which mirrors that same kind of pattern. Yeah, exactly. So as I mentioned in describing a little bit of seasonality in the intro, the business has this natural evolution that we think it's a startup, it grows, it matures, and it declines. And hopefully it starts up again and it continues to evolve. But that path from startup through growth to maturity has these, these natural a natural pattern, if you want to look at that. And that pattern and that kind of evolution towards a certain revenue size, a certain number of people, that we call that the white caps. And we call it white caps because usually a company will rise to a certain plateau, it will plateau, and then it'll start sinking on the back side. And then it'll it'll have to make a, a revolution or yep, evolution in order to get out of that trough to come up the, to the next wave. So we call it white caps. It's like a series of waves. And generally what happens is the individual, when a, first, a company is first formed, the creativity of the founder or the owner is the really driving power of the business. And that's going to sustain it up that first wave to a plateau of a certain revenue or a certain number of people. Because then the sheer willpower, the sheer creativity of that individual founder, or maybe it's a, a couple a couple of partners who founded the business, can't sustain it any longer. It can't get it up to the next height of the next wave. And so the things that they've been doing, the creativity, trying to do it all themselves, trying to be the, the force that drives the business forward, actually, they become super saturated and the business is not, they're affected. They start to lose business. They can't be at all places at all times. And they start sinking into a trough on the backside of that initial wave. And so at that particular point, they've got to now investigate, well, what do we have to change? Because what we've been doing has worked for a period of time, but it cannot sustain us. So what do we got to change? What's the next evolution of the business to drive us up to the next white cap? And usually what that is, is we've got to find more people to help. We need to find more leaders. Well, of course, that requires the seasonality you just spoke about. Wait a minute. We've just created this business. We've been running it for the past two, three years. I'm used to making all the decisions myself and not consulting with any other individual leaders, whether additional directors or presidents or whoever. And so now that I've got to change the way I work, I've, this is a new season of this business. And so now you have to go through that and you come up to the next white cap. It's going to raise you to a certain level where you're going to now see, I don't have enough leadership. Even though I have more people, I'm not doing a good enough job of getting enough things done. Well, you probably got to find a way to start delegating stuff, which means empowering the employees in order to get up to that next wave. And you'll continue that to you know the highest levels of a business, up to $50 million plus in revenue and some other things. But as we've seen through our research, every one of those white caps, every one of those peaks, a lot of companies don't make it to the next wave. And so you may have, let's say, 96% of companies, I believe the statistic says, don't make it up to a million dollars. So now we're talking only 4% make it above a million. 
But get to that next wave. We're talking about four tenths of a percent will make it to that next wave. And as you get higher and higher, it becomes more and more difficult. So if you don't understand seasonality, if you don't understand what is happening to your business, you will start making wrong decisions and in some cases will accelerate the descent into that valley of death, that backside of that wave. Even though you keep on working harder, you're paddling harder, you're doing what you're supposed to, you think you should be doing, but in reality, because you don't understand the seasonality of the business, you're not going to make it up to the next flight camp. Yeah, I sat with a business leader a few months back and they had started a company and the company you know, was himself and a, and a friend of his and they, they got up and going and the company was going well and they probably were around, say, a million, two million dollars in revenue. Um, and they brought in a small group to help them you know, kind of make that next step. So the founder was creative, charismatic. He went out, he got contracts, he knew what he was doing, he had the expertise, had a couple of people with him to, you know, give him the the uh, necessary skills to get it up and going. But that, that caught and it went. That's great. He made it past the 96% number and he got to the next level. And so he had to bring on a team to be able to take more work, which meant he and the founders weren't on site for these projects. And so process came the next downfall. So process is generally considered a killer of creativity, yes. which you need in the beginning. Yes, exactly right. And so if you take that and you, you think about it, what happened is he didn't have checks and balances, didn't have process, split the team up, went out, and then he finds out some of his teams that he had split up are doing side work and taking his own clients. And so you know, I spoke with him and I said, you know, what you've done is amazing. You, you beat the odds overall. You have started a business that's successful. And then you move to the next phase. And when you move to that next phase, did you have a system in place to delegate out to those people and hold them accountable? And, you know, he didn't, obviously, and it was biting him. And so we talked through that and how once he gets that set up and those processes continue. But it's back to that relationship we were talking about. The things that you did prior to uh, being married. You know, right. Hanging out with your buddies, going yeah, to the bar, sure. going if you like sports to games and doing that type stuff. That that was awesome and it was fun and it was probably fun while you were dating. Uh, most people then find out it's not so fun when you get married and start having a relationship. And so often you do have to sacrifice some of the things that you did in the past that may have even been what created the relationship to begin with in order yeah. to make the next step. And that next step is worth it. You just have to be willing to sacrifice, step out in faith, go out into that next uh, level of relationship or next level of business, and the reward is there. But it's a tough decision because you've gotten comfortable. And then that next step, once you overcome that, you'll get comfortable again. And then here it comes around once more, and that continues. And we see, at least in business, uh, Scott mentioned the uh, white caps, and that's from scaling up and uh, – is it Grenier? Grenier from Harvard Business Review. Has written papers prior to scaling up, and Rockefeller had its own this this very, you know, statistic that shows how many companies fail. Most of them because they don't want to sacrifice what they did in the past. They want to stick to what they've been doing and think that that's going to be infinitely scalable. Yeah. And there are some examples we can talk about where that does work at certain phases, but but overall, when you know internally that you've maxed capacity. Something has to go you used to do. A new something has to come in its place, and it has to be aimed at where you're going. So, you know, where are you? Where are you going? That's where we started. So if you're, we're back in that ship, we have done our 
you know, what is reckoning? Reckoning, yes. Reckoning, finding so a direction. Let's figure out where we are. Reckon us and explain to people what that means instead of I reckon in slang terms from the <laughs> sure, South. So. Sure. Well, actually, a couple of things before we move on to that. As you were, were speaking, I wrote a couple of terms down and, and you hit on one of them, which is faith, right? Mm -hmm. Faith. And to have faith, to move forward is a lot easier once you've actually kind of resigned yourself that this thing is bigger than me, which takes us back to some of our previous podcasts where we talk about the essential values of having humility and then having stewardship and then having sacrifice. Because as you just mentioned, you got to have the faith that you're going to sacrifice some certain things that seem to be the thing you should be doing right now. But you've got to sacrifice that in order to move to the next level, in order to evolve to the next white cap. And then, of course, the final value we talk about is legacy, which we talked about in the last podcast. And so it, it's all coming together. But the legacy, excuse me, the seasonality piece, what's also interesting about that is that you can repeat the seasonality. So you mentioned this relationship where you're coming up, you are single initially, you establish a relationship and you go on. Well, there are times when perhaps a spouse passes away or your kids now grow and you now are becoming the empty nester again. So there are times when you actually revert back to a season that you've been in before. But the thing is, you now have more knowledge, more wisdom than you did before. So the decisions you make into this next phase, because you've been there before, they come a little bit easier, a little bit faster. The speed at which you make decisions is is increased. And it's all because of the seasonality that you've been through it before, you've now returned back to that season, and because you've got the experience, you were able to evolve even further. And so that kind of helps when it comes to the the reckon piece. Because if you indeed have analyzed where you have been before, and now you understand where your current season is, you now can set a better direction because you have more knowledge, more wisdom, more experience. Now, early on, when you don't have that wisdom, you got to be a lot more deliberate in what you're doing. And I would advocate that you should be seeking out counsel from others, those who have gone before, those who have walked that path, those who, you know, as you're raising your kids, perhaps talk to those who have had kids, right? Or maybe even your grandparents if they're still around, because there's some great wisdom there that'll prevent you from falling into a white cap unnecessarily. So as, as you reckon, it's all about understanding where you are from a seasonality perspective first. And remember, there are different pieces to the seasonality. We've been talking a lot about the captain and where they are in their season, season of life, right? Their role, are they a, the true owner or perhaps as a member of the team that has evolved from being a individual contributor to a manager, to a director? Where are they on that hierarchy? And also, you know, where are they in the role? They used to be in the leader or they used to be in the follower. So understanding where you are is important from the individual standpoint. But then again, being responsible in the business. We know this within the Rosewood family of companies. Each one of our companies has a different seasonality to that company. And so you can't run all the companies the same. The retail cycle of business, especially this time of the year around the holidays, a lot of uh, retailers don't want you in their stores, right? Because they're trying to get through their Black Friday and Christmas rush and those sort of things. So business naturally tails off towards the end of the year. 
Well, others are actually on the incline at the end of the year because they're trying to maximize sales or trying to close out a good year, trying to do a lot of other things. So you've got to understand the business itself and where it is in its season. So the leader and their individual personality, the business in their season, and then the evolution overall. Because what we're talking about with the business and its seasonality in time is really where it is during the financial year, right? Where it is in that season. But then you've got the business as it evolves to being bigger and bigger and larger and larger. So there's a lot of complexity to this. And we have designed some tools and some methodologies to help get an understanding of where people are. And more importantly, where you are versus where you need to be. Because if we're going to get a direction, we got to understand what is required of us on this new path that we're heading on. So understanding what's required and where we are now sets that delta that needs to be mitigated. Yeah, and it's an honest question. We spoke about it last podcast on really analyzing yourself, self-reflection, humility of do you want to make that journey? Well, can the business itself make the journey? And is it worth the journey? Certainly there are companies that are $10 million companies that have no interest in expanding, going to that next step, and really just want to mitigate the common problems that occur yes. at a company of that size. And we're talking probably service companies, not maybe as much tech and, and manufacturing, but you know, $10 million, you probably have 100 people or so working there. Um, could be less if it's construction, things like that. Could be a lot less. But um, if that's where you want to stay, that's fine. You should still understand what are the common problem areas, pain points at that size. Shore those up best you can. Go ahead and consider if you do decide to go back and set sale, go again. I'll lay out what that'll look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and there may be some steps you can kind of implement just in case you pull that trigger because, you know, comfort it's a little uh, nerve wracking after a while for most people. They're, they kind of wonder when's the next shoe going to drop. So they wanna, yes, yes, you want to exactly. either move forward or you exactly. feel like you're moving backwards, which is, is pretty factual. So um, we have seen companies that they reached a phase in their trajectory where they are comfortable. Everyone's doing well. They have enough business to maintain some ups and down cycles and, and they want to stay there. Um, another area where we see white caps kind of push the pause button certainly is the franchise world. Yes. And so the franchise world, what they do a lot of times, they reach that point where extreme direction, things that you are expert at, uh, process, documenting everything down to the T, get your uh, metrics in place, your KPIs in place, control as much as you can possibly control, and then replicate. Yep. And so they replicate a lot of times their product, their service identically, and they just take new markets. So there's a good story about UPS when they had pretty much expanded every state and every country in the world and we're a gigantic company obviously at that point and the ceo saying all right well now we got to figure out what else we're going to actually do in the business which seems odd when you're as huge as ups but they had literally pulled a franchise model pretty much and just said stamp repeat stamp repeat you know whatever the process is and so one day they well now we have to evolve the company because we have just replicated it Um, so that's an instance where uh, I think that's pretty common. Another area we see is in the private equity and hedge fund world where they buy, do roll-ups and buy a bunch of companies. Um, and so a lot of what you hear is we'll put these together with these multiples. We'll grow the revenue up big enough, and then we'll sell it to the next guy. And when they package that up, put it together, build out all the processes for the next phase of that white mm-hmm. cap, 
then they'll have great profit. Um, and so I think when we analyzed Scott and I looked at it, most likely they, they won't articulate it, but they are taking a bunch of companies that have reached that kind of sweet spot in that phase. Correct. Pile them together and sell it to an equity firm who likes the next phase. Is comfortable putting in that next level of either delegation or uh, creating pods within the company that can be creative, but yeah. it gets really big, and so they just move it down the line. What what I find surprising though, as we we look at the businesses, whether it's in that PE uh, world that you just spoke of, hedge fund world, but very few people are trying to detect these transient principles and patterns. Right. And, and they're dealing only with what they know right now. And they haven't actually tried to explore what does the the sea state look like ahead of me. Right. They haven't done their weather forecast, mm -hmm. for example. And so it's surprising to me that even as business leaders who, who really want to grow their companies, their gaze tends to be very, very close and not into a distance. But in order to reckon, in order to set a direction, your eye has to be on the horizon, not looking at where you are right now, but more so where you are going. And there are quite a few things that are just these transcendent principles and patterns that many business leaders try to alter. It's like you've said this a couple of times, you know, we're trying to alter gravity. Well, good luck with that, right? Because instead of accepting the natural inertia, of these principles and patterns that are out there, seasonality being one of them, right? If you don't embrace seasonality, you're going to struggle because you're going to put a lot of effort and energy in trying to prevent this very natural thing from occurring, which is this evolution of, of seasons. And, and so that those principles and patterns are another important concept of actually doing, setting the direction and reckoning is what are those things that are out there that we should consider or more importantly, at least be aware of. And then if we are aware of them, what are the triggers or what are the things that we can put in place that will give us an early indicator that this is coming? And then we can trim the sails on the old sailing ship or we can navigate around this potential storm that's coming in because our gaze is ahead on the horizon and not here right now and being so, so short-term focused. Or better yet, what we see often is they end up sinking the ship because of yeah. not what's in front of them. It's because what they built at some point deviated from the values, Ooh. the why. Yes. They didn't ensure that they secured the operational requirements, the fundamentals of business before they took all that growth and went on an acquisition spree or just took a huge amount of growth themselves. And so higher, higher, higher. Well, you're obviously diluting values. You're diluting whether or not you really can assimilate those people yeah. into your beliefs. And it may not manifest when you're on an upward trajectory. So you're instead of growing at 15%, you're growing at 13 or 11%. You don't notice. And we've seen this at, at some huge corporations that we do business with that didn't really notice. I saved a dollar on the balance sheet or I rolled this up and my revenue went up. But when you do notice is when it starts to flatten, when you reach that plateau. And then you start sliding back down the next part of that dip. Um, and so there's two sides you can really screw up. We try to say control what you can control. Right. So recognize your patterns, white cap, seasonality, 
same thing, think about your career, your first job. You know, what made you successful at your first job? Working hard, showing up on time, all those things are hugely important. Then you got the next position and creativity and how you come up with your own self-starting and things you're going to do. And then you move up into, you know, maybe lower management and it's developing some and managing some KPIs or some metrics to make sure your team is well aware and informing them. And then you get upper management and you're now helping set all the tasks and, and direct the team on what's going on. And then all of a sudden you flip the shift and you're now up on top of the bridge. Right. Maybe not as the captain, but as the co-captain or the navigator or whatever it is at the top. And now you've got different concerns. And so every one of those takes a different skill set. And you must recognize when it's changed and where you need to go improve yourself, change your attitude, change the way you treat, you know, potentially the people beneath you. Uh, Because at some point you stop being a manager, you start being a leader. Well, now the biggest thing is all those people below you, they know how to do their job mostly. Your job is to keep them aligned on the values, the purpose, keep the culture going, show them why doing their job is important. It's no longer driving every day, hit this number, do this metric. And that's a tough switch for a lot of people. And they view that as, again, the the seasonality really, I can't emphasize, stopped me from getting so frustrated at repeating. Why am I going back and having to rededicate to this? Well, think about a diet. Think about working out. Think about sports. If you play sports and you move up from middle school to high school, to college, to pro, semi-pro, even within there, there's gigantic differences, at least in baseball, between a rookie league and a double-A, triple-A, right. night and day. Um, every one of those, you have to rehone your skill, go back to the basics, see if your fundamentals are there. So when you apply that more broadly, you lower the amount of frustration with yourself and certainly with the people you're trying to lead and mentor because why am I here again talking to this person? I just worked with them you know, a year ago, two years ago. Well, they're at a whole new phase in their career. They have to reconsider how they talk to their you know, fellow employees, the employees below them, yeah. the things they're responsible for. And so self-inflicted wounds, you can certainly uh, limit probably, I wouldn't say most easily, because it seems to be actually one of the hardest ones to do, which goes back to your humility and self-reflection. But uh, we see it pretty often. Your value proposition is X. You get some opportunity that looks amazing. Now all of a sudden you're over here on a different path. And right. Uh, yeah. The, the, one of the words I again I wrote down. You mentioned that word frustration, and this discussion about seasonality is important in that regard. I mentioned a moment ago about where you, what you need, and where you are, and there's this gap. Well, the fact that you're aware of that gap should help with the frustration. So you're not really going to pull your hair out. I've been very effective at that. Um, you're not going to pull your hair out because the person doesn't get it. They're not going to get it because they aren't there in their seasonality. But you go with that with the you go into that with your eyes wide open. And now you can start to slowly bridge that gap and build that individual and surround that individual or provide as a leader provide more oversight to allow them to to you know kind of bridge that chasm in that gap between where they are and where they need to be and get them there. And the other piece that you mentioned which is so important we've talked about it from the beginning of this podcast series about this alignment about this communication around the values and the why. And even in this case of seasonality 
if you are communicating with your leaders and those leaders are communicating and truly care about the managers and the employees underneath them, and they're keeping everyone aligned and informed, we should collectively be able to go through this, these choppy seas, these white caps to get to the next destination. But if you don't, if you keep them out of the loop or purposely are not keeping them in the loop, then now you're going to fight the unknown. You've got rumor, innuendo going around. You've got, you know, why are we doing this and misalignment. And then suddenly everyone's, it's every person for themselves. And you can prevent all of that if you continue to keep your head up, understanding where you are, where you're going, and then communicate that path to your leaders and the leaders down to the crew. Another one we look at in that category is not just <clears throat> inside of the business, but right back to the family. So you have a leader mm -hmm. that has done really well. You must align if, if you're in a family situation or even a long-term spouse situation. If you're going into a high growth or a turnaround or Ooh, a startup phase and you have not aligned your spouse and potentially your children with the amount of time and effort it's going to take to go through this next phase of business, you're asking for major trouble. And as a owner or as a uh, leader who has a you know another leader in the in the organization, understand even if they perform flawlessly prior in other instances, their world has shifted. And so it is time to sit down again and go, hey, you're in a new phase in your life. There's new priorities appropriately, and those priorities need to be consulted as well on this is what it'll take to get from this waypoint where we are now. Mm -hmm. To where we want to go and are your dependents, uh, you know, cohabitants, whatever you want to call it, is your wife, your spouse, your husband on board? Um, and they need to be because if not, it's going to be very difficult to focus on the task at hand. No one wants a captain if we go back to the sea that's not paying attention. Yes, it's distracted. Distracted, exactly obviously, right. Uh, give us, let's take us off of business. Go to the military. Obviously, they they cover this quite a bit before deployments and things like that. Yeah, brief the spouses what to expect. Make sure they can run the, the household in the absence of the wills and estates. Yeah, wills and estate, powers of attorney, all of those things. Yes. So the reality is, they try to seal up as many things as they can control, that are also very important. Obviously, you, you know, service members, family is very important. We're going to control as much as we can control in order to allow focus on a task at hand so that they don't die. And they're, obviously, their service members that depend on them don't die. Well, most businesses are, well, a lot of businesses, I guess, there are situations where people could die. But uh, most of the time, we're not talking life or death, but we are talking someone's actual life, their livelihood. And so yes. we need to be aware of that, understand the gravity of do you really want to stay on the helm for this next leg? And who all has been briefed on it and who all is, is aligned on it. And then we can take off. Yeah, which brings me to another piece. And maybe we'll introduce it here and cover it in more detail in the next podcast. But it's now you've understood where you are, understand where you're going. Now the question is, how do you know where you are along that journey from where you are to where you're going? So if you're indeed that that captain who's had that very difficult conversation with their long-term spouse, and they understand that they're really putting in long hours. Well, is that for the next year, the next 10 years? And how do you know whether or not you're getting out of the storm, whether the sea is going to get 
more rough or the sea is going to get calmer? Well, that's all about having measures and triggers and ways to predict what's coming up in, in, ahead of you on this journey. And I think that's an important piece, too. But if you don't start with where you are and where you're going, then you can't put the pieces in between there. So you've got to have a starting point and end point. And now we can talk later about the, the measures, the KPIs, the rocks. And more importantly, how will you know when you arrive at the destination, right? Versus just continuing to sail on. Are you going around the world or are you going to the Caribbean, right? Well, you should know when you arrive at your appropriate destination. But if you don't begin with any sort of measures in mind, then you'll go wherever the winds and the seas take you. And it feels like you're heading in the right direction because sea, you know, the sea is going behind you and the days are passing. But in reality, you're not going in any particular direction. You're just wandering at that particular point. Yeah. You don't end up with spices in India. You end up in, no, you end no up in North America instead. Is that what? Yeah, that's sort been known of, to happen. Sort of. You could do it that way. That's been known to happen. You know, another thing that you know, Scott and I are obviously throwing a lot of, uh, you know, metaphors out there, but Scott has done an excellent job of laying out a methodology to how to really look at this within your personal leadership journey, the business's journey, how they align, where your risk points are, what you're likely to encounter when you go on this next phase of the business, this next growth trajectory. You know what problems you're going to have, and that's on the potentially cultural yes. leadership side and yes. the fundamentals of business scalability side. Um, having that under your kind of the best control you can have gives you the most likelihood of success, not the answer. Um, and you can insert a lot of different techniques into those things, but they must be done. You need a, to your point, a measurement system. You need an operating system. You need a scalable pay system, HR, benefits, those things, right. you can ignore them right. up to a certain size, and then they will potentially sink you. Um, it's it's not something you can ignore. You go multi-state, you go to California, Massachusetts, you probably better have your HR and your legal side in order. may have been a little safer in the Southeast. Um, so things like that are going to hit. Um, and if you have those under control, not only will you help keep on course and pointed towards the target, you will be more willing, I think, and more accepting of when you need to change course and go into port and maybe retool. Yes. Hey, I'm not prepared. This is a bigger storm than we can handle. We need to, the economy has gotten too bad. Uh, we must maintain a certain size infrastructure in, in order to set back out. We need to pull back early and serve our resources to make sure when we set back sail, we still have everyone on board. There's a a lot of things in business that people, you know, don't have a plan in place and they are just pure reaction. They don't have any actual response plan. They have just pure reaction and that's a, a dangerous place to run a business. Yeah, we could do a whole other podcast between reacting and responding. I do it that way. But you mentioned something, Shannon, which I think is very important to our viewers or listeners, depending on how they're consuming this, this podcast, is that we talk about a lot of different variables. We've talked about seasonality today. We've talked about whys and values and understanding directions and sea states. And we also talked today about white caps. Man, there are a lot of pieces that are being laid on the table to the puzzle here. But for us, what we've always tried to do as the Rosewood Family Companies and now with Helmwise is try to take all of those things that we've learned, myself over nearly 40 years 
in, in the business world yourself with 15 years of leading a Rosewood family of companies and try to say, is there a framework, is there a methodology that we can help people understand all these factors and present it in such a way that they can become better at doing it and going through a, a pattern? And then the more they get that pattern ingrained into a habit, the more instinctive it becomes. And I think that's really the goal of the, the powerhouse perspective is as we now have set this C metaphor, we've kind of laid the groundwork is really trying to help leaders make that business breakthrough, right? Actually come to the point where we say, all right, here are all the pieces and here's a framework in which we can help you understand them, mitigate the risk, do it faster. More importantly, don't get washed overboard like I did on, on several of occasions, but rather try to have a, a journey that is much more successful and much more enjoyable to them and to their crew. So I'm looking forward to sharing with our, our viewers or listeners all the great things that Helmwise and the Rosewood Family Companies can help them use to chart a better path. Well said. I think that you can... Um, use a methodology in order to consume the tremendous amount of options and data that's available today, the tremendous amount of change that occurs if you think from 2019, 2020 COVID, you know, operating within COVID, post-COVID and the chaos of, you know, uh, stimulus from the government to supply yes. chain issues to uncertainty of inflation to now still uncertainty of whether we'll have a soft landing. Um, I spoke at a CEO uh, conference earlier this year, one of my biggest concerns is how long can you leave someone in the watchtower? How long can you actually stay focused? Uncertainty for Ooh, going in the fourth yeah. year straight is a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. And I don't think even very calm leaders understand how much pressure, just pure uncertainty, just give me the bad news or give me the good news. The kind of floating in between is a tough spot. So we definitely want to Give them a methodology that allows them to quickly assess, am I within the patterns and fundamental principles of business? Am I in alignment with what we want as a culture and a value? Keep that part under control. Vet out all the things that pop up because there's a million books yep. like we've talked about on operating systems, leadership, communication, culture. They are all good. You need a version of those, those items. But... So much information is not a good thing. It is, it is as bad or worse than almost no information. You get saturated, paralyzed. You start running down the new shiny object, not even aware you've taken the whole you know, uh, crew and, and everything and put it at risk. And so when we move forward in these podcasts, I do hope the methodology, the process of walking through your decision-making, the need to constantly re-anchor that in the foundations of the business, the patterns that do exist, the values and beliefs that you and your crew have uh, will help speed the decision, kill off the bad decisions and move forward. Yeah, I'm glad you, you said that kill off the bad decisions, because as you were bringing those very valuable points to bear, it, it brought to mind something you said. A lot of people go out and they'll buy the latest business book, the latest framework. Because they're looking for the answer. There is no the answer, right? The unique nature of business, the unique nature of, of people in general, your business, the type of business, the seasonality, 
the economy. There are so many factors. There's no such thing as a answer. What we're trying to do is to kill off all the things that you shouldn't be focused on. If we can narrow you down to a smaller part of the ocean to fish at, then that is going to be much more fruitful. So we're not going to tell you where the fish. We're just going to more say where not to fish. Well, and that way that brings you closer. And all we're trying to do is increase the odds that the decisions you will make will be beneficial to you and to your organization. But there is no one answer. There is no one equation that if you did all these things right, that automatically you'd be guaranteed success. It doesn't exist. Right. All you can do is be a good captain, find better ways to read the ocean, and then from there communicate to achieve your values, to achieve your why for you and your for your crew. Well said. Look forward to it. Looking forward to it. Thank you all for joining the Powerhouse Perspective, Empowering Leaders for Business Breakthroughs. We'll talk to you next time on Episode 6 of the Powerhouse Perspective. Cheers, all. Take care.